Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are talking about how narcissists sever your connection with spirit. Then we're going to talk about a really disturbing case that has been in social media. It's been all over the news. It's about a YouTube mom influencer um, being charged with six counts of felony for child abuse. And we're going to relate that back to narcissism. I mean, it's dark. I don't even want to say her name, but first, hey, Scotty. Hey guys. Well, that sounds very uplifting. Yeah. (laughs) I would have just, I would have just said, all right, done. Let me, yeah. I couldn't say her name. I couldn't do it. I can't say her name. All right. We won't even say her name. I can't even do it. Yeah, well, yeah, all right. Well, speaking of narcissists, yes, I, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm a narcissist. I mean, I <laughs> Famous nar- words of any narcissist, right? I mean, I probably have narcissistic tendencies. I think everybody like does. We, yeah, yeah, like most people probably do. Yeah, but I, I feel this time of year, if I was going to be a narcissist mm. or have narcissistic tendencies, this is the time of year where I have it the most. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Tell us why. Let me just tell you about myself. All right. Okay. <laughs> so there's this thing that happens yeah. every time around this time of year. Yeah. Okay. It's it's not the pumpkin spice latte comes out at Starbucks. That I already did that. Right. It's something else. It's something bigger. And I don't know when it's going to hit. You don't know what time of day. Right. You don't know what day, but it is going to hit. It's an annual event. It's an annual event. And it's every single year it has happened. I'm not going to say how many years it's happened for. <laughs> so it happened the other day to me. Okay. We we're at dinner. Yeah. A nice dinner, tacos, one yep. of our favorite meals that you make. Yes. And I sit down and make my <laughs> very tacos. Very fancy, very fancy yes, dinner. Very fancy. You know, and I, I have a whole thing when I make my tacos, which is which kind of sometimes annoys people. I have to, you know, put all the toppings on the right way and the you know the cheese and all that, whatever. So I finally sit down, get settled. And I'm about to eat, you know, I eat the taco and I take the first bite and I start like coughing, like, <coughs> you know, like that. Yeah. I just annoyed some people right there even. And, you know, cause I, I put a little too much spice on the taco. It's the least spiciest taco you'll ever eat. No, no. It's, it but was, for you, yeah, no, there you're was always some... like, <coughs> spicy. Yeah. So... Like you say that like every 10 seconds, like, <coughs> spicy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's spicy. Okay. Is that what That's I what, do? Yeah. Every 10 seconds. <laughs> okay. Fine. Like, <coughs> It's so I took another bite and again, I started coughing again and, you know, now I get up and I don't know why. Now I start getting the hiccups, you whatever. You like taco it's, ADD or something. Yeah. And, you know, no one's saying anything. No. But I we're see all the, just watching you. I see the three of you. Yeah. I see, you know, Bree's face. I see you like looking shyly away. I see Abby. No, going, we're, we're, mm. none of us did anything. We were yeah, just sitting you, there eating our tacos like normal people, quietly watching the theatrics in front of us. Right. And I keep saying sorry and like over and over again, I apologize. Yeah, but we're like, we're not saying anything. And once again, yeah, we've talked about this in the family. Sure. Just because you know what we're all thinking doesn't mean you can get mad at us for it. Okay. Well, and then... <laughs> you know that. That leads to like other things. And then I start getting, you know, like upset that you guys, you know, like the way I do everything around the house, like all my noises. and It just really my, piled like, on you. Yeah, creaking when I come down the stairs or whatever, or whatever noise I make in the morning, you know, when I get up. And, you know, that, and I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. Is, you know, because you guys weren't outright, you know, mocking me. We weren't at in all. In your mind, you were. Fine. Fine. But we weren't at all saying anything. And we then were it, observing. And then it hit me what has had begun. 
It was the birthday blues. It's birthday. It's month. birthday blues. It's birthday, it's birthday month. month. We talk about this every year. Yeah, Bree's got it's, a countdown going. It's September. It's like, yeah, I don't know how many days she had this <laughs> countdown every day. She reminds me, you know, twenty days, fourteen days, <laughs> like that. And it is a phenomenon that I don't know when it's going to hit. Yeah. This, it did hit yesterday. Right. Out of the blue. And <laughs> what happens is I get really blue. Like, my blue takes over. Yeah, your blue aura. The red starts to, I don't know what happens to the red. You get real victimized by yeah. your own birthday. And, yeah. And then you think, like, all of us hate you. Yeah. And then, But I think what happens is you really just start to be, like, sick of yourself. Yeah. But you project it on us. I, I, maybe. But then on, you know, September 22nd, midnight. Yeah. It goes away. That's your birthday. And the next day I wake up and it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. No matter what, it's gone. That day. The next day it's gone. But I don't know. This you know, this time it hit like early September. Sometimes it hits like first day or two of September, middle of December, but yeah, so it hit. Well, birthday depression is a thing. Is it? I found an article about it. Okay. Um, what causes birthday depression, your own anxiety, feeling behind in your life plans, traumatic childhood me- memories. Yep, definitely. Just overall depression. <laughs> and what I think your thing is like the fear of aging or the fear of death, okay. which I discovered is an actual phobia. Um, and I think you have it. It's called the fear of getting old. It's thanatophobia. Oh, I probably have that. Yeah, you totally have that. But there's like symptoms of having an issue with your birthday. It could be a change of mood that persists and lasts for several days surrounding your birthday. Or, or weeks in my case. That's you. Yeah, that's me. Feeling more low down or sad than usual. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you do like preventative care for me. I do. To try to get it to be a little bit less. Like you'll tell me to get, get a haircut. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, you'll yes. tell me to like be a little bit more cleanly, you know, shave. <laughs> yes, it's true. You know, things like that. Well, that's the thing with you. Like the more blue aura you are, the less you shave. Right. You let your hair grow out. You stop like showering. That's yeah. like signs of depression. I know. And now that like, I think about and it. And then like everything is like becomes so meaningless. And then I see people like, it even because like, like it's so ex- like exacerbates like the meaningless of things like yeah. when i see people like arguing over nonsense it like gets to me even more yeah i get even like i even actually i think i get more red ranty even yeah so it's just like well that's another thing just kind of like difficulty focusing or concentrating like feeling fatigued um changes in sleep changes in appetite physical aches or pains stressing about how much time you have left <laughs> I, I do. I, All yeah, ruminating yeah. on the past and goals unaccomplished. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Um, wanting mm-hmm. to avoid the actual day of your birthday. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I have all those. Disinterest in celebrating your birthday. Definitely. And desire to isolate yourself. Yeah. And You're that, a and, lot of fun. And we birthday. finally learned that, you know, like a few years ago. It's like, okay, so what we do for my birthday, we don't do anything great. You know, I just go to Kentucky Fried Chicken or something You're like that. Like, Let's just go to, and it's like, you know, I go to Crack McDonald's. Yeah, I go to Crack and <laughs> Applebee's, like, okay, date Applebee's. But then right. what we do is we plan something for the next day. Yeah. To be like, so we do it the next day. Well, that's, I, I've learned over the many, I think this is the 24th birthday I'll be spending with you. Um, you have to do something red aura to get out of it. So, right. it's, so we're going to go canoeing. You're kayaking. Kayaking, yeah. kayaking nearby. Yeah. Yeah, Not in an ocean. No. Salt marsh. A salt marsh. Amelia Island. So um, salt I marsh. feel safe about that. Yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still a little stressed out about that, but yeah, but that makes you happy. It does because it's like a like a physical adventure. Yeah, and that's good. for All you. right, so the next few episodes, I might be a little bit down. You know, just understand it's the birthday blues. But they have to but... tell you something positive. Oh. I researched. Okay, tell me. Okay, 
So people, there was a study done and I grabbed it because I was like, oh, Scott, that there is an actual scientific link between spirituality and longevity. Really? All right. So they did like a real life. I'm not a green person enough to like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) take this info and say it in an intelligent way. But basically, uh, the Mayo Clinic did some sort of you know, research. And they said that people that are spiritual actually live a lot longer than people that aren't really religious or spiritual. So this is good news. Yeah. Because I'm going to live. I'm one of the most spiritual people there is. Yeah. Because this podcast is saving you. So it is. So ways that this, you know, overall expressing gratitude has been linked with, you know, overall health and longevity, praying or doing whatever that meditating, yoga. Yeah. Being optimistic. Okay. And keeping a journal, which you don't do. And I, you know, I might I might do that. And finding the lesson in things. So when something happens, instead of red ranting about it, you're supposed to be like, Well, what did this teach me? Okay. You know, or, or what's the lesson here? What can I what can I take from this? That I guess that helps people to live longer. All right. Well, I had the spiritual awaken. I am the most spiritually awakened red person I know. Yeah. I'm probably now gonna live to about hundred and twenty seven. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know what I see though? I feel good. We have a we have a red aura kid. <laughs> And she doesn't like her birthday either. Yeah. Is it a red aura thing? I don't think, I don't know. Your mom doesn't like her birthday either. She's red. Yeah, that's true. My mom loves her birthday. She's well, red. I guess we got, we're going to have to take this to the Facebook page. Yeah. We're going to have to ask, we'll ask, you know, do, does another color come out when it's your birthday? Yes. Month? That's a great question. Yeah, it does, you know, do you, do you wear new, new color? Right. Or does another color come out of your Yeah. Two how colors? does each aura color handle their birthday? Their I birthday. think we might have like done something similar to this we in the past because every year I go through the same thing. Yeah. But. All right, we'll, we'll try that. Okay. All right, I feel good. a little better about that because spiritually uh, people live longer. Yeah. So I feel a little bit better. So you're good, Scott. All right. Yeah. Could I actually come, if I could actually come out of it before September 22nd, nah. that would be a huge breakthrough. Yeah. I don't think it's happening. I don't know. Right. It's part of our tradition now, your mood. Spasse. All right. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, you're going to talk about how narcissists break your connection with spirit. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Well, you know, we go to the gym together. We do. We work out together. We do. And, you know, in the car, you know, I said something to you. I said, I noticed you've been, you know, you've been looking a little stronger. Yeah. And you've been doing a little bit. You have a different routine in the gym lately. I sure do. I mean, you were in my, you know, you were in my section, by the way. I know. I don't like, you know, people in my section. I know. Well, you're fine. But Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. But, yeah, you've been doing a lot of different things than your normal, usual, you know, just on the treadmill while you're doing your social media. Yeah, this is so true because Copilot has changed my whole workout game. Copilot is an affordable one-on-one remote personal training service that provides personalized workouts tailored to your goals and available equipment. I get accountability and support from Olivia, my real person trainer. I talk to her almost every day and she makes takes all the thinking out of my workout and because i go into the gym and i just have my workout ready i am moving around the gym more i'm trying different things um i have worked on my strengths i've been hitting goals i didn't know i could hit and olivia is on top of my workout program she moves things around um, as I get better at them or I give her suggestions or whatnot. You know, Copilot was one of the best personal trainer apps of 2023 by Forbes. And you can see why as soon as you try. And guess what? You can try it and you can try it for free today. Go to go.com 
mycopilot.com slash know your aura to get a 14 day free trial with your own personal trainer. That's go.mypilot.com slash know your aura for a free 14 day trial. Our unique link will be in our show notes as well. I've not talked about this in a while, but I wanted to do an episode about how narcissists basically break your connection with spirit. I'm going to talk about some specific ways they do that. Preface, I feel like I ever, every time I do this before these types of episodes, but like I'm not, I am not a professional. I'm not a mental health um, professional. I'm not a therapist, obviously. And I think those people are where we go a hundred percent to deal with these things and heal. And I've done it myself. Therapy is really helpful. And so I direct all medical expertise and mental health expertise to them. But the way that I talk about narcissists and empaths um, might be a little different than how other people talk about it. And you've heard me explain this before. I'll use the word narcissist and I'll use the word empath because those are the words that are available to me. But to really understand what I mean by them, I strongly, I strongly recommend that you go back to episode 110, the Empath Starter Pack. That's where I talk about something called the Recovering Empath and how empaths and narcissists work together spiritually. And that because that's really the foundation of this whenever I do one of these narcissist episodes. And, and secondly, like when I say narcissist, I mean, it might be somebody you know, because I don't diagnose people, but it might be somebody who just acts narcissistic um, with narcissistic traits, or maybe they were programmed a certain way and now this is their behavior and they're not actually a narcissist. Here's the deal. I'm going to use that word, but we're going to keep that in mind that, you know, we don't diagnose people, obviously. But having said that, I feel like it is true that we all go through phases of narcissism in our lives, definitely phases, definitely times in our life. So I'm not talking about today that a relationship with somebody when they were just going through something. I'm talking about somebody who is systematically like this and it doesn't get better. And it's over years and years and years and years. And uh, they have their moments, but they always come back to the narcissism and the narcissistic toxic tendencies. So just keep that in mind because a lot of us, what we do as empaths is we, we're really good at giving people breaks, everyone but ourselves, right? We're really good at separating someone's behavior from someone's inner self or their inner broken child or the part that we're able to see. So we'll back it up. When you are an empath and I see empaths as blue auras, purple, indigos, and turquoise auras, and sometimes pinks too. I see empath auras. And if you tend to lead with your empath aura, and also you're not an aware empath, meaning you're an unaware empath, what happens is, is your ability to feel other people's feelings as your own can get hijacked and manipulated by those who need a constant supply of energy in order to fuel the false reality that is necessary for them to survive and exist. And those are narcissists. So empath aura people who are unaware of this ability 
are more likely to fall victim to people who are going to use it to their own ends. And that's kind of the bottom line of understanding from how I speak about what an empath is. It's somebody who feels other people's reality as their own and is unable to differentiate it from their own reality. Meaning if I'm around someone, okay, and they're sad, I feel sad. And all of a sudden, any of their problems are now my problems too. And any of their burdens are my burdens too, which is fine if you're in a mutually helpful relationship or a healer, a light working relationship or something that is for the greater good. But when you're with somebody who knows this about you and exploits it, they keep you in a cyclical pattern of toxicity and abuse and emotional disrepair. Also, what you're going to have to understand for this episode is something called a psychic bond. When you are close to someone, you create a bond with them, an attachment, a cord. I'm going to talk about that more. So if this is a parent or a relative or a spouse or a really good friend, somebody close to you, these cords, these psychic bonds are very, very strong. In a positive relationship, that's great. That's actually what keeps us feeling connected to one another. In a toxic relationship, not so great. It's what keeps them as a parasitic relationship to you. And finally, when you are an unaware empath, meaning you don't understand that you have the ability to feel other people's feelings as your own and you're actively not differentiating it. And furthermore, you're getting all your self-worth from reacting the way the other people people need you to, what can happen is you can start to see their world as your world, their enemies as your enemies, and you can actually fall victim to acting out their narcissistic behavior in yourself, which is honestly exactly what they want you to do because then you are complicit as well. So it's not them acting terrible, you're acting it because what do you become? A flying monkey. That is from the Wizard of Oz. It's coined from the movie when the Wicked Witch sends out the flying monkeys to do her bidding. And that's exactly what narcissists do. So these psychic bonds that you create with narcissists become so strong and so powerful that they tend to feed you and you forget how to take from more positive and rewarding sources such as self and spirit and also more healthy relationships. Okay, but today we are talking about how narcissists basically destroy your connection with spirit, your own connection with spirit. And the first way they do this is something called supply. And narcissistic supply, you can look that up. What is narcissistic supply? Narcissists have a false self. So you could call it, I call it like the ego self or the 3D self. They have this idea of who they are. It could be the victim. It could be the savior. It could be the hero. It could be whatever it is. They have, they have something They could be the, the rich person. It could be the schmoozer, it could, you know, the advice giver. It could be the religious leader, whatever it is. They have this false self and they, need to believe that it's true. And how they do that is they're going to need other people to believe in it. 
and you become their supply because what do you do? You are an empath and you feel other people's feelings as your own and other people's realities become your reality when you are unaware about this skill. So narcissists are like, this is great. Unaware empaths are my supply. So they will completely rely on you to fuel their supply. They are outsourcing their connection to anybody who believes in their false self. So their connection, so that's why narcissists are constant need of praise and they do, everything's for show and anything that they do, you know, they're big on social media. Oh, I took care of my daughter or look at me being the husband who bought the kids Disney World tickets or like whatever it is. Like it's a big show because they need other, like the, the outside perspective is way more important because that is actually what they're relying on. And you know, they themselves were never taught to rely on self and spirit for whatever reason, whatever happened to them. So now they're outsourcing it to you and you embody this connection for them. Like you become their source and you're a giver by nature, right? And other realities are your own. So you can feel the need to make up for that broken part in them. You know that they can't handle it if they are going to see the fractures in their false reality. So you're running around constantly paving them and fixing them and making sure that they're protected from seeing those things. Somebody that says something that's true, they're crazy. Let me help you discredit them. Somebody that, you know, comes forward and disagrees with you, well, they're wrong. You're right. Let me tell you all the reasons. Let me get eight more people to agree with you. See, you're right. So you get in this habit of protecting them. Um, And it leaves little to no room for your own connection to source and spirit. Because when you are an unaware empath and you don't know that you can do this, what happens is you lose your own connection to source yourself. All of a sudden, their approval, their false reality becomes like your God. That becomes the thing that's holding you up to. So now, not because their whole uh, sense of self is conditional, environmental, they create the need for your self, whole sense of self to be conditional and, and, and fragile as well. And it's, it's dependent upon whether you do a good enough job for the narcissist or not. And they will always start with a lot of romance and honeymooning and you're doing great and oh my gosh, you're my savior, you're my, you're my angel, you're my this, you're my that. And then all of a sudden the discontent happens and you're always chasing that high. You're always chasing that approval because you become their source and then they become your source. It's a mirror, okay? And negative supply or positive supply. At first it's positive supply. All right. You know, you provide them with a lot of support and love and they say all these wonderful things to you, but eventually it becomes negative supply because it's really the same thing to them. If you become hateful and rude and if, if you become whatever they're labeling you as because you're not agreeing or whatever, they'll start putting you down. They'll start jabbing at you. They'll start creating drama with you. They'll start wanting to poke and make fights with you because then you, you can become the negative supply to support Again, their narrative, you know, you're jealous of me because I'm so amazing 
or you're jealous because of my riches, or you are a bad person so you don't understand my heroic self, or you embody evil and I embody good. So they will try to create a narrative where you're the negative supply, and it keeps you there. It keeps you attached all the same, positive or negative. So you really do have to separate. They separate you from your source um, because they don't have a connection to source, so they made you the source, and then through that, you... And when I say source, I mean that which is greater than us, whatever you want to call that. You want to call that God, you want to call it your higher power, higher self, whatever you want to call that, that's what they separate you from. Um, if you want to make it more, they, they separate you from your own mind. They separate you from your own inner you. Um, and the false self is is their source, not spirit. And you're their supply, and then you become their source, and then you become really dependent upon them. And that really destroys your connection because when they... When they discard you, which they always do, even if they come back after, when they discard you, you know, with these narcissists, you'll be discarded for a couple months and, and then they come back to you. What happens? You're lost. You're like a wandering sheep. You're isolated. You're like, I don't know what to do. You feel empty. You feel like a hole is inside of you, like a huge void. They took away their, you, they, you were you were sourced to them and they were sourced to you. And so when they cut you off, you suffer because you, you have to rebuild that in yourself and you really weren't working on that for a long time. So notice that with these people in your life, because that feeling that you feel like of emptiness and you could feel sick and you could feel nauseous and you could just be like, oh my God. And it's like a dependency almost. When you feel that, it's because you're lacking in your own connection to self, spirit, source, and that is actually what has to be focused on. And you have to rebuild it, sometimes, often, from the ground up. Which is where I definitely, again, recommend episode 110, the Empath Starter Pack. If that feels like where you're at, I would start there. Okay. So the second way they can get you is through something called hovering. Fall is here. It is quickly approaching. And it is sweater weather. And Jenny Kane is a sponsor of this podcast, which is amazing because every time I wear my Jenny Kane sweater, I get so many compliments. Jenny Kane is known for their super luxe yet lightweight sweaters. And trust me, they do cashmere better than anyone. The cashmere fisherman and the cashmere cocoon, which I have, are best sellers in every season. But I'm Always most excited to style them around each fall, just waiting for the weather to dip and I could bring out my Jenny Kane sweater. Although, honestly, I had it on me all summer. Jenny Kane sweaters just don't go out in st of style because she believes in the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that will never go out of style. Find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code KYA at checkout. That's 15% off your first order. J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com promo code K-Y-A. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. And before we talk about hovering or hoovering, it's spelled like H-O-O-V-E-R-I-N-G. Not my term, but I'm going to call it hovering because it feels like a hover. Anyhow, before you understand hovering, which is actually a term for what narcissists do to you, and I'm going to explain that, you have to understand what telepathy is because this is another thing that they break. When you have a psychic bond with somebody, 
it means that it's easier for you and that person to communicate. So that's just like that person, they're on your mind more. You ever notice with people that you're kind of close to, you know, hey, mom, I knew you were about to call me or dad, I've been worried about you. I kind of wanted to check in. And then, you know, you realize that you're right or you haven't heard from your cousin in a while and you, you're like, ah, oh, yeah. And then you find out she's going through something. You're like, oh, I just knew I had this nagging feeling to bug her. That's your psychic bond. And, and through that psychic bond, you can get a lot of messages from spirit and source and loved ones on the other side and all sorts of stuff. And basically what it means is because time and space is not real, okay? Even if you're not physically near someone, you you energetically always are when you have a psychic bond with somebody. Think about, you know, if you're a mom, if you have kids, you're just in their mind a lot. You, I, I love reading moms because you're just, you're in their, your kid's head. It, like, and, and I'll see them, especially you moms with like a bunch of kids. I can see you go through each kid like, okay, this one. All right, now this one. Okay, where's this one at? Like you're just, it's a psychic bond and it's actually a really helpful, wonderful thing. And it's, it's a vulnerable thing. Okay. It's vulnerable because, because it's, uh, it's reciprocative. They're, they're on your mind and vice versa. So anyway, so you have to understand that. So how do narcissists take advantage of this? So of course you have a psychic bond with a narcissist. And instead of using it as kind of like a, a lovely messenger, a message board that you both can check in on in a neutral and loving and, and well-intentioned place, what they will do is they will leave it or infiltrate it. And they will do it in really desperate and horrible ways. And that's called hovering. And actually learning about this was really helpful because this is a behavior that narcissists do. And it's, it's a manipulation tactic. And if you don't know about it, you think it's actually just a normal thing that happens in relationships, sadly enough, but it's, it's not. And then I ask yourself, like, let's say somebody in your life was, you know, said, I need a break. Would you, would you do like really screwed up things <laughs> to get them to respond to you instead of giving them that space? Yeah, no, you wouldn't, you know, like you'd check in lovingly, like, Hey, you know, I know you said you needed a break, but I just, you know, I worry about you and I just want you to know, I'm here. We don't even have to talk about anything. I'm just here if you need me. Or you just send them little notes here and there, or funny cartoons or things like that. But you wouldn't do this type of stuff. And if you don't know that, though, you might think this is love. You might think this is normal. And you might think that this is just how relationships work. Oh, they care about me. No. All right. So what is hovering? Hovering's a manipulation tactic used to just suck you back into a toxic relationship cycle. That's all. So basically you're their supply, right? We've established that. And if you're trying to distance yourself from them, they're going to freak out because again, you're their supply. Like you're their life air. You're their lifeblood keeping that false reality alive. So they need you and they're going to use that psychic bond to get to you. And they're going to say all sorts of things. They're going to love bomb you. Oh my God, I love you. You're amazing. They're going to, they're going to have a crisis. Like your father's ill. Like what? Yes. And I just had bad news from the doctor. What? You know, what's going on? You know, they're going to do that kind of nonsense. They're going to stalk you. Um, they can go negative smear campaigns. All right. They're going to start talking to all the friends about you, spreading that rumor you didn't want somebody to know about. All any anything they can do to get you either negatively or positively to come back to them. All right. They're going to, they might go to your friends and family to try to see where you went. Um, they, they might accidentally 
text you on purpose by accident has that ever happened to you like oh you know could you get milk at the grocery store oh never mind that wasn't for you dot 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 anyway how are you like come on you know like they're trying really hard they might make those bold promises they might do really screwed up things like say i'm gonna hurt you i'm gonna hurt myself if you don't call me um what else and then there's something and this was really amazing it's called like antisocial hovering this is where they deliberately hurt you or your family members through like crazy revenge tactics like stuff that's borderline illegal even like they might try to steal your money they might go after your kids they might um act really dangerous you know they might do something that's really violent to you or whatever and that that's that's also hovering so you think like they want me back in their good graces why would they like slash my tires or and then and I know it's them or why would they throw eggs at my car you know I've heard it all you know why 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 would they go to my mom my grandma's house and start asking about me and and upsetting her and then I get this hysterical phone call from her you know so you might because they just need supply and if you don't give it to them in a positive way they will come after you for a negative because it doesn't matter they just need your attention and what the psychic part is or the spiritual part is is this infiltrates your mind it's all you can think about because when you have a psychic bond with somebody if they're hysterically thinking about you and obsessively thinking about you you're actually going to pick up on that and you might that's why i always say like when you think about somebody ask yourself am i thinking about them or do i know that they're thinking about me because there's a difference because narcissists will jump in on that psychic bond as they're obsessively thinking about you to try to get you to react or try to get you to engage energetically. When you have a relationship with a narcissist, you're always they're always in they're always around you energetically. You're thinking about them, you're worried about them. Anything that happens to to you that for any other relationship might be like not a big deal, you're thinking, "Well, how's that going to affect them?" you know, or, or how will that bother them? Or how will that make them look good or look bad? They all of a sudden become part of your psyche 24 seven. And that is them using and hijacking the psychic bond that you have to manipulate you. And again, take you away from source, take you away from your higher self talking, you know, your spirit guides talking, whatever you want to call that, that inner wisdom, they will take that away from you and try to replace it as themselves. When you're in a relationship with a narcissist, they are your religion. <laughs> like they are your God. They are your love. They are your friend. They are your enemy. They are your food. They are your motivation. They are your inspiration. You are not allowed to have any of those things that do not center around that person. And you think that you need them. Honestly, they need you. They created this for them to be so necessary that when they remove themselves from it, you feel like you're freaking out. But honestly, a lot of times you're just feeling them freaking out. And because you're an empath and you feel other people's feelings as your own, and over time, at some point, especially if you're unaware, somebody told you that it was also your worth and duty and obligation to fix it when you felt that without even thinking that's what you do so i am here to tell you that if you are thinking about somebody a lot it is probably that telepathic exchange through the psychic bond 
And if it's hovering, it needs to be, you know, just observed and seen for what it is. So a third thing that narcissists do to detach you from spirit and source and self is they totally exploit your light working gifts for themselves. All right. So again, you are an empath. You have the ability to feel other people's feelings as your own. Their realities feel like your realities. You can walk into somebody else's space and truly, truly walk in their shoes. You have that ability. The more aware you are about it, actually, the stronger it gets. Believe it or not, the more you realize you can do this, the more that you don't own other people's realities as your own, the stronger it gets to help them. However, narcissists will take this ability that you have to help and and provide empathy and to heal. They will take that because that's light working. Light working is light working is when you I guess it's the way I like to think about it is uh, feel feel God in someone else. So light working can be as very basic as you know. Here's a blanket to a homeless person. I see you. I validate you. You need to get warm tonight. Here's a sandwich. Here's a blanket. Here's my number. Here's let me get you. Let me take you to the shelter. Okay, that can be light working. Very hands on. Light working can also be working for a non-for-profit, putting in your time. Okay, I'm doing the books for this place. They're a mess. I got it. You know, that that can be light working too. All right. Light working is when you do something for the greater good and you can really see that you're paying it forward. You can really feel God in other people stir. And it's really not about you, you know, it's about feeling that other people feel loved and seen and, and you get to share in that glow when it happens. Okay. But narcissists take all that ability you have and they're like, no, 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 I'm a void. (laughs) I'm a bottomless well of need and destruction and victimization and problems. And I'm also the most worthy place you can put it. And you're a bad person if you don't focus all your attention on me. That's what you should be doing, you know. And so every little bit of energy you have only goes to me, which gets really complicated if that's like your spouse and you have kids together and then they start getting jealous of the kids. That can get really screwed up. Um, Or if you have, you know, that's why they always isolate you, you know, because it always has to be about them. Again, they're the number one. So any light working gifts that you have that really should be the greater good, you know, and places where people can pay it forward, where you're feeling God move, whatever you want to call that, by the way, where you're feeling that which is greater than us move in other people, they will take, get jealous of and be like, ooh, that was energy you could have put in me. And then they start going after you. You know, let's say you're doing something for the community. Let's say you're at your church and, you, you know, you're really involved in the potluck oh, wow, you know, you, you care more about them than me, don't you? You know, they will find anything they can to make you say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you're right. I'm a terrible person for helping out the community. I am so sorry that every ounce I have should go to you. I forgot because you're like an endless pit of need. So they will take those light working gifts, which actually you were given by that which is greater than us for your own life purpose to go out and make a difference. It's not just for like one source, which is really hard to understand. It is hard to understand when you've, especially if you were raised like this or you've been in a situation long enough where you're like, wait a second, what? 
You know, so they'll exploit you and they'll waste you. Whereas in other places, when you put that light working gifts to good use, it's utilized and it's paid forward. And that doesn't feel as gross. So that's another way that they will misuse you and, um, and they will also energy vampire you. You know, your pain is their gain. You know this and you subconsciously will submit to it when you're an unaware empath, meaning meaning that you understand deep down subconsciously that they are screwed up broken people. So you understand that they need, there is some inner child in there screaming in a cage of their own design inside of them. And you're always trying, you're always trying to get to that nugget of good in them because it is there. And that is hard because when you're an empath, you feel it, but it, it's a choice that we all have to make to get better or not. And narcissists just do not take, um, personal responsibility, but they will take your energy forever and not get better. And, and even though it's really sad because you will feel them hurting inside, they themselves will never let you heal them because they want the fix but they don't actually want to be fixed. You know, they want, they want the cure, but they don't want to be cured. And, and understanding that is that little nuance that will help you understand what is light working versus what is just wasting your time. To put it quite simply, I've always had a roller coaster of hormones and depending on what season of life I've been in, it's been a myriad of symptoms with different strengths and velocities. Right now, I have personally struggled with bloating. I bloat so bad around my cycle. Well, this next sponsor has made a legitimately huge difference in my life. This podcast is sponsored by Mixers. Mixers is a nutritional supplement that helps balance hormones. Um, you know, for women searching from PMS relief, Mixers created Her Time, which is what I take. It is the most enjoyable, effective, and long-term solution on the market because the ingredients nourish the root cause of hormonal imbalance and eliminate the need for any additional costly PMS aids. Since I've been taking it for about 30 days now, I will tell you that I have bloated about two pounds less than I normally do around this time. And it's not about anything. And I feel more energized and I feel more, it's taken the edge off of everything, truly. And as a health conscious person, I really enjoy mixers because they are produced with 100% natural ingredients. They don't use any artificial flavors, colors, or added preservatives, and all of their products are gluten-free. Join the thousands of women who have discovered feel-good freedom through balanced hormones. Head to mixhers.com slash KYA and use promo code KYA at checkout for an additional 10% off your order. Mixhers rarely gives discounts. So 10% is the best offer you'll find. Remember to use my code, promo code KYA for an additional 10% off. A fourth way that narcissists really break your connection to spirit is that they spin healthy vulnerability against you. Vulnerability. What is, what is a vulnerability? Vulnerability is strong. It is authentic vulnerability. It is saying 
how you feel and not being ashamed of it. It's also saying how you feel and understanding that it might change. It's also saying how you feel emotionally and and being willing to work on it. Healthy vulnerability is necessary for spiritual growth and evolution. We're not the same person our entire life. We need vulnerability, healthy vulnerability to grow into who we're supposed to be, where we love those old versions of ourselves and embrace them and learn what we're supposed to learn and forgive ourselves and move forward and know we're going to do it all over again. And know we're going to do it all over again. That's healthy vulnerability. I'm not perfect. I'm I'm a work in progress. Personal responsibility. I'm always willing to work on myself and change and be open and hear you know, good criticism and, you know, be good to myself and evolve. It's okay to change your mind. All right. But when you are in a relationship with a narcissist, and I think, you know, if you're raised by one, (laughs) that's hard. And then if you're in like a relationship with one for a really long time, here's what happens. At some point, you know, something's wrong with this person. Like, you know, even if you don't have a word for it, you're like, something's wrong with this person. Because what they do is they actually find your vulnerabilities and they exploit them. They pick on you for them. Well, they identify them immediately and then they exploit them. They pick on you for them. They activate your ego against them and they get you absolutely terrified to work on them. All right. So what, and I'll explain that in a second. So what happens is you end up closing yourself off to everyone because you think everybody everybody's going to do this to you. So let's say you have a parent who's a narcissist and, you know, through your vulnerability as a child, which is just what you're supposed to be growing and changing and shifting, you were constantly critiqued or attacked or, you know, made fun of, um, or, or whatever, or, you know, spun, you know, told things about yourself that you believe to be true and whatnot. What happens is, is, uh, oh my gosh, I don't want to make new relationships with people because it hurts inside because they attack me. They find what I'm weak about and it's hard to uh, get over that. So love is painful, so I won't do that. So a lot of people who are raised by narcissists or who have just gotten out of a, a long relationship with a narcissist, it, they don't want to meet new people because they just feel like everyone's going to be like that again to them. They, they... Feel re- they learn not to open up to other people. So when somebody's really been hurt by a narcissist, what happens is they're really hard to get close to. I look at kids sometimes who have um, parents who are narcissists. You know, you see them like in the news or whatever. You're like, oh wow. And these kids are probably the hardest to get info out of. Everything's great. Everything's fine. I'm good. I mean, they know how to fake it. They are F-I-N-E fine all the time, and they are like little fortresses. Watch out for those ones because they don't want to get close to people. They have a wall around them, a fortress, because anybody getting close is just going to hurt them like whoever this relationship in their life is that already does that. So, so um, yeah, so they, they'll spin their, your healthy vulnerability against you. How will they do that? Okay, so there's a lot of different ways. Like, we all have vulnerabilities, and, like, narcissists will kind of groom you to find yours. Like, they'll pretend they have vulnerabilities, which they have a million, but just to get you to talk about yours. So they'll, And then they'll create, like, bonds and attachments to make you feel stuck to them. So, you know, maybe, like, for example, you were a kid, 
and your mom, you know, kid, and what, what do kids go through? Awkward stages. And your mom will just never let it go. Like, oh, honey, you know, do you really want to eat that? Or is that, you know, maybe you're sensitive about your weight. And then it just follows you till you're like 40 and she's still saying stuff. And now you feel like everyone's saying that about you. Oh, my God, they're all calling me you know, overweight behind my back. They all know I look disgusting in this dress. They all know I shouldn't be wearing that color. It's too loud because that is a vulnerability that was put into you. And now you feel like everyone's going to treat you the same way. And you can't be like vulnerable with new people. So it's hard to get close to them. You know, it's hard to find a relationship. It's hard to feel like you can trust friends, all that stuff. But there's lots of ways this can, you know, maybe you have this need for a lot of empath stuff. Like, what do we all have? We have this need to not be in fights or confrontation or they know we need approval to feel good about ourselves. They really push the pleaser mentality in us instead of help us navigate around it or find our own voice. Um, They know that you have an overly kind and forgiving nature, so they're just going to, like, take advantage of that. They know that you feel good when you fix something or or, or you feel good when you save somebody, so they're like, oh, my gosh, thank you for this. If it wasn't for you, I'd be destitute. So, you know, they're big on saying that. They, they, They collect your secrets. They, anything you give them, they'll blackmail you and you know it. Um... Or they know something's happening to you, like abuse or something, and they're just like, oh, that didn't happen. You know, um, they'll, they'll keep it hidden or they won't tell anybody. They feel they can call you really naive. They can make fun of you. Oh, you're so silly. You think people are good. You're so naive. You really think someone cares about you. You know, you'll hear a lot of that. Um, you know, they'll tell you you're not smart. You're, you don't know how people think. I know how the world works. Think Mother Gothel, okay? Like, it's all the Mother Gothel stuff. Like, Mother Knows Best. That is how they spin your health. You know, and what's poor Rapunzel doing? She's got the frying pan against the world, okay? Now, she gets over it really quick in this in that movie. But let me tell you, it takes longer than that. And um, and so that is just something that that you have to to understand about them, that they will find the things that you are vulnerable about and then kind of spread them out, make them bigger, larger than life, and actually give life to them. Think about it. You have a kid, right? You know they're insecure about something. What do you try to do? Try to pump them up? You're like, hey, no, we can do this. We're going to do it together. You know, they don't, they don't encourage you to keep thinking that way. Or create contexts in which you can't, here, I'll protect you so you don't have to do that. Here, see, see how I saved you? You don't ever have to learn that because I'll do it for you. See, that's kind of what they do. And then and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they saved me. Or, oh, they're right. They're the only one that loves me. You know, they're the only one. And, and it creates those bonds and attachment. It's harder for you to get, you feel like that's real and other people aren't. Um, yeah, and it makes you really... It makes it hard to just grow and move forward. Okay. Finally, another thing that they do is, you know, they they really just redefine what love is. Love is the most pure form of connection to spirit. I would say it's like love, gratitude, but love. Love is unconditional. And the way I see love, it's, it's not selfish. Um... Love is when you you do something for somebody and there's nothing expected to in return. That is love. Um, that's love. And but for narcissists, love is a barter system. When they give it to you, 
You have to give something back. And they they take your ability to love purely and unconditionally and they redefine it. So now you think that it's something you have to earn and it's something that's conditional and it's something that goes away if you grow or have a new thought or change your mind about something. And that's not love. And um, love's not self-serving or proud or boastful or exploitative. It's not jealous. All right. But they make you think like, hey, if you love me, you won't put me in a position where I'm jealous of you. Or if you love me, you will put me in a position where I'm the center of attention, not you. Or if you love me, okay, you'll, you'll let me throw you under the bus when I need to. That's the barter system, narcissistic version of love. And it's not like that. And then when they do it, then they'll like gaslight you, which I did a whole episode about, you know, if you've, if you've listened to that, which is telling you that what just happened didn't. And then you can confuse gaslighting with love. So you're like, oh, when they rewrite reality, it means that they love me. And, and then you are just waiting in the relationship for when you have a falling out or something. They're just like, oh, well, I didn't, you heard it wrong. Or I didn't say this. I said that. You just took it the wrong way. You're, you're so naive or you're dumb or, or you're so silly. You always think that. And then you're like, oh, you're right. Okay. They love me because they gaslit me. So I think that that could be the worst thing that they do <laughs> out of everything. And then you just don't know what love is and you're, and you're supposed to go find love. And then when you find situations and opportunity and context where you could find it, it doesn't feel right to you. It feels like a foreign land. And, um, that's why you got to stay in, you got to stick in those situations for a while. You got to stick in those situations and it might feel boring and it might feel empty and it might feel quiet until you start staying away from the narcissist and you're like, wait a second love is easy. Love isn't difficult. Love is peaceful. Love is just really kind. And love is mutual. And then it can change. All right. So how do we, you know, how, how do how do we move forward from this? Oh, and that's the other thing. Oh, I meant to write this. Sorry, I put in my notes. And this is it. The other thing is, is I guess this is number six, because manifesting, they really screw up your, your, this is just a, Here's my little uh, PS. <laughs> they mess up your ability to manifest because you think the universe itself acts like a narcissist and it doesn't. <sighs> that blew my mind when I figured that out. I'm like, wait a second. The universe itself isn't like a person that's narcissistic. The universe is kind of like this neutral place that what you give, you get. And if you put yourself in situations where you're used and love is a barter system, then you're going to think the universe works like that and then your reality will work like that. So just a little, just a little side note. Okay, but moving forward, how the heck do we release these people from our spiritual energy, from our auric fields, from us. Well, episode 85, I talked about removing your own cords and attachments because every person you meet, every experience you have, every place you've been, you've formed a spiritual cord and attachment with. And some are like neutral. Most are neutral. And a lot are positive. But these negative ones, you know, they just tend to ache. And I think because the narcissists tug on them more. So they're in there more. 
But feeling it and feeling it uncomfortably, like when you feel it's uncomfortable between you and the narcissist, like the relationship is off and it's like gives you anxiety and stress and you're like freaking out and you're like, oh my God, there might be a pull to you to go to your own, your old ways and, and repair with them. All right. I'll just say the thing they need me to say, or I'll just be the person they needed me to be just to keep it just so I don't feel them pulling on my cord anymore. But honestly, what if we use that discomfort and we were like, Ooh, this isn't normal. What wounds is it pulling on? And now, and, and on those wounds that you feel that cord tugging on, you're going to see all those vulnerabilities from the insecurities that you really don't have to be ashamed of anymore. You're going to feel all the things that actually need some TLC from yourself. And working on that becomes the first steps in rebuilding your own connection to self and spirit, which should be your own and nobody else's. Um, and that takes time. And that takes work and that takes therapy and that takes episode 85. I do like um, a meditation and we go through it together. We try to release the cords together and that takes, you know, consistency. And, and it's something that I hope today has helped you kind of realize or see in your own life where perhaps narcissistic individuals are blocking your connection to self and spirit because you were put here to hone that and tend to that like like the most important garden there is and when you do that and i'm telling you this right now if nobody else told you that that is you serving spirit that is you serving source self whatever word you that which is greater than us when you take what you were given and respect it and love it and create environments where you mandate it to be treated well you are actually honoring, you're honoring source, that source energy that gave it to you. So you definitely are a priority. So when we say self-care and we say like taking care of ourselves and we say all that, a lot of that is honestly keeping yourself protected the way you protect other people. Protect yourself first. And it can be really hard because you're like, oh, that feels selfish. You know, am I? when you're a happier, more aligned person, the people that you love and the people that really love you in healthy ways benefit. Trust me, they do. So the people that don't benefit when you take care of yourself, red flag, red flag, red flag when they start taking it personally. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, you guys. And and I just, whew, I really, I don't know if you feel it. I'm like kind of, not to gross you out, I'm kind of sweaty, but I really put myself into this one. So I wonder if you're feeling it. So if you're feeling stressed, that's me because you can feel other people's reality as your own. You probably feel mine right now. All right. Love you guys. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Well, you know, I'm down. Birthday month. Yeah. But there's something that could possibly get me out of it. Get that red going again. Yeah. Base. Weekender I bag. I think. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, you have one, but I don't have one. I have the weekender bag. I yeah. feel like it's the family's weekender bag. Yeah, I know, but, but you could use your own mini I'll, weekender. Yeah, I'm a red. I want my own. I feel like you want, want your own mini weekender bag. I want my own base. Yeah. <laughs> Base has thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. That's why we love it. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushion handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior 
your pockets. You need to keep you organized. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors. And for shorter trips, the weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. And whether you're packing for a quick trip like we are this weekend or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash KYA. Go to basetravel.com slash KYA for 15% off your first purchase. That's base, B-E-I-S, travel.com slash KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay, so that was heavy and why not make it heavier? You know, I've been getting a lot of people asking me to talk about the aura of this controversial mom YouTuber that just got arrested on six counts of felony uh, for child abuse. And I have Scotty here with the article, which I sent him, and he's in like Red Rant Central. Yeah. No, well, this, this is like more than Red Rant. This yeah. Is, a Red Rant is like when I make fun of the Vanderpump Rules yes. people. Yes. Yeah, you're um, right. That's a Red Rant. Yeah, this and is rage. This is like rage. Yeah. And I. this is why I can't – I really have a hard – I don't yeah, really Scott know everything like about this. this. I couldn't even read the full article because this stuff gets me very upset. Um, I, 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 I might have said this on – I think I definitely said this on the podcast before. I can't even watch – TV shows where things are done happening to kids. To, to kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, they, if you kill a kid in your TV show, I'm gone. I, yeah. That's it. It's over. We can't like do that. It. What was that famous HBO one, The Last Man Standing or something? I don't remember. Oh, the we, last, the Last of Us. Yeah. That zombie one. They killed one. the kid in the first five minutes, I think. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah. I'm done. You're no, like it done. could have been a great show. It was. Yeah, but I wouldn't know it because yeah, I can't handle it. Yeah, it's too dark. Yeah, and that's but, fine. So I was given this task of looking up this Ruby person. It was a big joke. And I guess she gained fame on YouTube. Yep. Maybe a little on TikTok. I'm not sure. So I actually had to watch some of the videos to know what was going on. Yeah. And I don't know why. I, I don't know why I did that. But there was one <laughs> video where the, she has like a, a banana. Yeah. And there's like three, I think three of her kids. Or right. There's like kids, them. maybe some nephews And or something. she tells them they're going to the movies. But before they're, they're going to go to the movies, they, they're going to eat this banana and they're going to stand in line. And they're going to take – it was very, like, militant. Yeah. And they each take a bite, and then she, like, degrades them. And then yeah. they go to the end of the line. And then the next kid takes a bite. Yeah. She degrades them. He goes to the end of the line. Yeah. And, and this goes She's on. abusive with food and stuff. Yeah, abusive with food. Yeah. There's another one where her kid forgot her lunch. Yeah. And, and – um, Her kid's, like, six or something. Her kids are six. 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 Yeah. Kid forgot the lunch. The teacher said, hey, she, she's really hungry. She forgot yeah. her lunch. And about this lady, this nonsense lady – um, you know, says too bad. Yeah. Where, where, like, this is strict parenting. Strict parenting. Yeah. Why are you even bothering me? Yeah. Now I could be the other way. Now don't get me wrong. You know, right. if Abby forgets her lunch at school or Bree <laughs> forgets and Bree's in high school now. Right. She's high school. I'm running back there. And I probably am too lenient that way. I, I probably am. You know, right. with, especially with Bree who's older. She should know by now. But I'm still probably going back and bringing them to lunch. But anyway, this is but, not about me. Yeah. But nar- yeah. just to interject – yeah. This is a narcissist thing. Yeah. And, and maybe there's a worse word for somebody like this lady. Yeah, I think there's a worse there word. There could be a worse word, just evil or something else. But I will say narcissist people will jump on laurels in order to back them up and project their false reality out. So it's like, yeah. uh, kids are too lazy these days. Hey, six-year-old, pack your own lunch. Right. So you're you're taking a societal laurel that people will latch onto. Like, yeah, that's right. Kids are lazy these days. Therefore... You should pack your own lunch. Yeah. Like when one thing has nothing to do with the other. So I'm always wary of people like this attaching a societal laurel to like 
an individual. I don't know. Just you no, know, yeah. Interject. Yeah, no, definitely. And all right, so I watched these few videos. I couldn't watch any more. Then I went on a red rant about how much I hate TikTok and yeah. influencers, and yeah. I went on a whole rant on like who how, watches who this. Could, like I, I watched this for two seconds, and there, there's no way. I can do this or follow this person, like anything of this person. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. And she was popular. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I truly don't get it. I don't know how you didn't just turn the, the button off. Maybe a I, lot I of kids would watch it. Okay. A lot of young kids were watching it because it was like one of those. She came in into fame during like YouTube family right, fame. Right, right, right. So she was like one of the famous YouTube families. So yeah. Yeah. So then I, you know, I look at just her picture mm-hmm. just to like, you know, see. And I'm like, what? colors is she it yeah. looks weird she and she gives me a horrible vibe right off the bat i don't yeah. i don't understand it and then you know but it, definitely a yellow there's definitely some murky maybe a murky yellow i don't know what, tell me what do you think her, what are her colors oh when i see her colors her yellow is more like i told you so yellow oh, okay and, but also like a brownish tone yeah that's to what i meant it. by like the murky yeah like i wouldn't even it's an insult to yellow i yeah. feel like she pretends she's yellow like a real yellow in order to gaslight everybody who comes at her for child abuse you know what i mean like she knows how to cover her tracks because she uses the, that type of organization but anyways um, and then she's green. There is zero wow. empath color in her wow. without naming names of people that haven't been charged with things in the media. She looks like a couple other people that you guys are probably thinking of right now. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there because like she reminds me of other moms that have not been charged with anything, but you know, there've been allegations made or there's stuff out there and it's like, yeah, like this, this type of, this type of person has no empathy right. at all. Like she's outsourcing everything and the kids are all uh, like cult blue disassociated eyes like no light behind the eyes they're they're on autopilot total cult blue terrified of her and that's what i see when i see it but i've seen that with other people out there who 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 are still out there and doing their thing so so it's something that i think people do pick up on yeah okay yeah and then I guess the story goes on. She was arrested last week mm. uh, after her 12-year-old son escaped through a window and ran into a neighbor's home pleading for food and water. Oh my God. Boy was severely malnourished, had deep lacerations from being tied up with rope and from his malnutrition. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I can't keep reading this more about the dog. I know. Scott's getting um, upset. I just don't understand. This is, yeah. No one can answer this question, obviously. Right. But how does this go on for so long? I know. How does this happen? I know. How? There, I mean, there's got to be other family members. She's got, I think it said two, there were two million subscribers. There's, yeah. Like, nobody brings this to attention. What do people do? They watch this and, like, laugh? Like, they think this is, so, like, at first, I, at first I thought, this is, I'm red ranting here a little bit, but at first I saw the first video, I'm like, oh, this is, this is her gimmick. To, it's funny. Yeah. This is her joke. Right. You know, she lines them up like little animals and then feeds him a bite of banana. Yeah. And it's a joke. This is a joke. Yeah. And then I realized this is not a joke. This is not this is serious. Yeah. Is that what people are doing? Like thinking it's a joke? Well, I, I don't yeah, how this it, goes the, on so long. The her show did get shut down a while ago. And yeah. I don't know if this the, is the true. The YouTube channel yeah. did get shut down a while ago. I don't know if this is true. I read um it had to do with all the reports that was people were reporting it over yeah. and over and over again. That's good. That's but good. she was starting this kind of like business with quotes around it that was turning kind of like cult-like or something anyways my i think what happens is and it's hard for a lot of us to understand people not everybody who has kids sees them as like actual human people 
you know, as little souls. They see them as extensions of themselves, accessories, objects, possessions. And and they don't see them as people. And it's hard for like a lot of us to understand that. But somebody like her, she sees her four-year-old and she and she actually just sees like 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 you would look at a chair or something. Mm-hmm. And how you would replace your dining room set. And, and like, oh, I don't like this anymore and stick it in the garage or stick it in storage. That's how people, some people look at their children that way. Like there's like zero, does that make sense? Yeah. It, it's like yeah, they object, they, they look at like possessions. Yeah, that makes sense. And so they're, I don't know what crossed, wired in her brain. <laughs> and obviously I think I, I read right. something like that might've happened to her growing up that causes this like right. disassociative trauma, but a lot of people were hurt growing up and they are most people who are hurt growing up are not like this you know to their kids actually they're the opposite but so i don't take that as an excuse but something's wrong like the wires got cut and what happens is it's like then they get this they get this uh this platform and they have this ability to feel correct about it and that's scary that's scary yeah how does does one get this yellow green aura you know i saw it like who's that one the theranos lady elizabeth yeah she had some she was yellow green green. too yeah um like she i mean this is totally my own thoughts okay this is this has nothing this is not these are my thoughts what i'm about to say and you can disagree if you want, and it's not based in any sort of anything I read or anything of my own thoughts. She had a baby, like she had her second kid mm-hmm. or something, like, and I know she did it just to try to get the judge lenient on jail time. Oh, the Theranos lady. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, like, because she was about to get sentenced, and all yeah. of a sudden she's pregnant, it's like, oh, you can't send a mother to jail. You know, like, they... That's like, what she thought. Yeah. yeah. It has nothing... To, and, and in my head, I was like, that baby's fine. Like, and I, I would never say that. You know, like, oh, a mother and her baby, da 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 That's a societal laurel that she jumped on to try to get out of something. Yeah. You know, but, like, in her head, because she's yellow-green, it's like, that's just, that kid's just a means to an end or whatever. So, anyways, like, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have a kid if I knew I was going away for years, because I wouldn't want to do that to my kid. She doesn't think <laughs> like that. You know, just people like this, they just, they don't, they're so self-serving. Yeah. It doesn't, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> It's just weird. So I don't know how it happens. Yeah, I don't know. But um, but yeah, like, and I I I wanted to link this back to what I was just talking about, okay. like how narcissists break your connection with spirit because those kids. Oh, they look. Beaten. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, the narcissist, and again, she might this that lady might have a worse word because I'm not a, a professional, but somebody like that, okay, they think they're right. So you can look at them and they will come at you with the logic and they will die on that hill and they feel like they're correct. So you can't really look at her. You got to look at the kids because their vulnerability, their trust is completely uh, manipulated and, and used by mom. So to understand that those kids, each one of them from as long as they could remember, know that no one will ever believe them mom wins mom's the most powerful i am stuck if i run away if i tell somebody if i tell on her if i tell what's going on um i'll be the one that's punished i'll be the one labeled it's crazy and everyone will believe her and and she i'm isolated and how do you make relationships later in life when that is what you were raised in you were completely broken from your ability to be healthily vulnerable with other people and other situations and whatnot. 
And how can you make that connection with spirit? Because everything funnels through her. Everything funnels through her. You can't have a thought without her. It's kind of like a a dictatorship or something of your spirit. Yeah. And she'll probably haunt them the rest of their life. Oh, Uh, Even if she goes to prison for for life, even in prison, she'll still be pulling those strings. She'll always be pulling those strings. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. It seems like the older one, she like was on social media. She hasn't been commenting a lot, but her older one who got out of the house, uh, like posted on her story, a picture of the police at the house and just wrote finally on on the screen. So, you know, I'm sure they were trying. And then she's married. That's the other thing. Oh but they're separated, apparently. And I was looking yeah. at the dad. Oh, yeah. I was looking at the dad with his aura. He's, like, really green and blue. I think he was scared of her, too. <laughs> Probably. And then there's those, like, passive participants in these situations. Like, she's a powerhouse. People do what she says. She's flipping scary and she's powerful so he was probably nervous that he would never see the kids again or he if he said something this would happen he wasn't gonna win you know like she is ruthless so he was probably scared of her too so everyone that's what happens around these people everyone falls in line because they know exactly the the narcissist person knows exactly how to cut you how to cut you down oh boy well so i don't know how do you combat that i I don't know and then just throwing the social media element on top of that oh where you see that she has let's say the two million followers yeah you must feel so powerless i mean yeah oh well, mom has two and a half million people thinking that she's correct right. and following all her advice and right. now she's creating a business advising people how to be parents right. oh my god so it's like well and, but you were saying something I, about yeah about that well you, no yeah yeah i mean just like we tell you yeah on this podcast spirituality you're the medium yes it comes from you yeah you're the, you're the best source. It's the same thing with other things, like parenting. Like, you know, when we were first starting out as parents, we didn't know any. What do we know? Nobody we knows. Know, no, nobody knows anything. No. But the best source is just you, again. it's mm-hmm. Even if it's parenting or if it's your spirituality journey, it's you. I, I don't yeah. get, and maybe this is a little off topic, but I don't get why someone would need to follow a parent. What do they call these? An influencer. Right? Yeah. There's no reason for that. You You have it. In you, you could do it. Have the confidence. Yeah. I know our people do. Have the confidence yeah. to do it yourself. Learn from your mistakes. You know, I, I don't claim to be the best parent. I don't claim to be the worst parent. I probably made thousands of mistakes. Sure. I probably spoiled them way too much. Oh, um, you're so funny. Yeah, my mistake in the no, too I, nice. I, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I, I, no, I know. I'm joking. But no, there is no. But you know, the one thing that I never did was. Maybe I should have. I don't know. I could be wrong too. You know, I don't. I don't know everything. Is I I did it on my own. You know, and with you, I didn't. We didn't. I didn't have to go to some wackadoo like this. Yeah. To try to get some advice. Yeah, and and I think if you are looking for something, it's got to be somebody who helps you be you. Yeah. So when I've gone for advice, it's been like to therapists. You yeah. know, like, hey, how can I myself right. d- deal handle this situation better at home? Right. You know, like, and it's somebody helping you be you, yeah. not somebody the, helping you be them, Yeah, you know, or do things their way. Same thing with spirituality. Like you do it your way, you know, take yeah. what you like, leave the rest. But, um, I think, but that's something that if you have, if you're not used to narcissists and you have that unaware empath thing, they can just scoop you in. You don't know. Yeah. Also like, you know, it's just a YouTube channel. Like you might not realize it's as serious as it is sometimes when you follow no, people you might not really think about it so much yeah 
Like, I don't know. I just watch them. I don't know. I never thought about it. Like that's, and I, maybe that's something we all have to do a little bit more. Like, who am I? Yeah. Like, who is this? What is happening? Here? I mean, there's this you know. account, you know, Petro Hunchar oh. that, I mean, maybe has like 7 million followers at this time. I don't know why people are following that account. My own account. <laughs> My, my, what is it? What am I, Scotty? Scotty Ross 40. My Scotty Ross You're always 40. plugging it. You're yeah, always, always plugging it. Well, okay. Well, okay. Let's get a little funny here because okay. this is too light. But All right. Um, is this overtime? Know Your Aura is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, my anxiety gets so bad that racing thoughts keep me up at night. I remember a couple years ago when we were going through whether my husband was going to quit his job and do this full time. I mean, I had racing thoughts all the time keeping me up and therapy is a great place to talk those racing thoughts out, which is what I did. And they gave me a lot of context and tools, which I still use today when similar things happen and those racing thoughts get me right before I fall asleep. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash KYA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash KYA. We'll just call it overtime. Overtime. Okay. You know, I was looking at my social media the other okay. day. Not the Petro Hanchar. He is an international sensation. He is. Seven million followers across all platforms, maybe more. There's a lot of undocumented plat you know, listeners too. Yeah. Followers, yeah. Yeah. He's a lot of streamers. Yeah. A lot of streamers. He's huge on Twitch. Twitch. <laughs> you just pulled that out of God knows And he's what. big on threads. <laughs> Huge on threads. Oh, he's already big on threads? Yeah, he's like one of the biggest. He was actually, you know, like how it has your thread number on yes, Instagram? He's, he's like four. He's oh, number wow. four. Yeah, it's just like oh, four. Oh, he was on top of yeah, that. Pedro Hunter on top of it. Um, <laughs> red, purple. But yeah, okay. So I was looking at something here. All right. So this guy, <laughs> and granted, I don't really go on to, I don't post on there too often. Right. Once in a while, I post on your a Scotty story. Ross 40. Yeah, my Scotty Ross Instagram, Scotty yeah. Ross right. 40 on Instagram. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> So sometimes I post a story with spelling mistakes or something yeah. like that, but you know, like a two-step joke. Yeah, two-step joke that nobody gets, or yeah. I post a picture of myself next to Justin Bieber looking like a clown or something like that. Um, so, so anyway, so I was noticing. That. So I looked at your account, very does very well, and then I looked at the Know Your Aura account. So this yeah. is where it got me. Okay. okay, so I looked at the Know Your Aura podcast. Yeah, account, at Know Your Aura, Pod. and that had like triple the amount of followers that I have. Oh. So. Oh, yeah. Follow you guys at Noya or a pod. I never tell yeah, people so, to do but, that. Yeah, but that's not my point. Yeah, sorry. So. <laughs> this is my random plug. Yeah, so, <laughs> Noya or a pod, right? So I noticed, like, Noya, wow, that count. Like, I don't even go. I never look at that one, but it, I noticed, wow, I had quite a lot of people on yeah. that. Yeah. But then I looked at my account and it had far less than that account. I'm so sorry. So, the, no, no, yeah. So that, there must be something going on here. I'm thinking, like, well, maybe just people, you know, maybe I'm bringing down the podcast. What are you talking about? I no, I post yeah. at Know this Your Aura the, this Pod. This is the September blues. Yeah, See, that's really annoying. It's the blues. At, first of all, at Know Your Pod, I am a consistent poster. That's okay. one. Two, it is where I decided to put all the fun things 
to make for aura stuff like i don't right. care if they do well or not it's just right. like if i want to make it it's like fun aura stuff that maybe would have done way better in 2008 i put it up there and i'm like okay. yeah so like base, that so... and i get real proud of myself and i practice all my canvas skills okay. on there and i think like the 10,900 followers i have <laughs> are, they they appreciate it you know okay. like they appreciate that i do that so what you're saying is <laughs> My account, which has got like one post in the last yeah, year, you don't post enough. Or two, two posts in the last year. I haven't followed. I don't think I've even followed anyone. I don't. I have friends. I don't even. I don't even know if I follow my friends. Like I don't even. You know, I forget to follow people. You don't follow back. I don't follow back. Yeah. I forget to follow back. Once it's in a while, okay, I you know I'll check the DMs. Yeah. Um. So you're you're saying that yeah, it's, it's kind of like an, I have an energy on that page of stay away. No, I think your energy is like, or I don't care. I, you know, social media is stupid. Yet yeah. I count on it. Right. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like you're. It, it. I think everybody feels the push and pull relationship you have with social media from there. Right. So like, you know. So basically, the process is a new listener comes on, they follow know your aura, they follow your Misty Michaela, they follow Petra Hunter, and then they get to my <laughs> Scotty Ross Forty on Instagram. Right. And they're like. Eh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's like a deep listener who's following okay. all three of those. <laughs> That's <laughs> so I'm a distant fourth year. <laughs> the cat has an Instagram page that does better than I do. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> Dusty <laughs> is here. Dust- by the way, yeah, yep. To speak from last week, he is sitting with us at the table, well, which I think is funny. I mean, I try to you know even make the overtime funny, but this, uh, the birthday yeah, the, blues, your birthday the birthday blues, blues man. just they take over. Oh my God, we got you the best gifts this year. I'm so excited. So the kids and I, to combat your birthday blues, we just buy you gifts that we find funny. Yeah. And so we laugh hysterically as you open them because we could give you anything. Like we could give you a Ferrari, be like, oh, wrong color. (laughs) (laughs) So we learned a while ago not to be serious about your gifts. So we just get you like funny gifts that make us laugh. Yeah. Like what what did I get last year? Last year I got a button down short sleeve shirt, (laughs) which I never wear. I I will not. Well, the theme last year was was uh preppy preppy yeah like uh preppy aesthetic i wore the pink shirt it was a pink the year shirt before it. was um uh it's fall y'all yeah a basic I got a basic ca- fall basic stuff. fall what i got i got a candle yeah i got a sign no we got you a decoration for the mantle yeah, and then we were like oh happy birthday do you unwrap it all and then like us three decorated the house with the stuff we got you <laughs> my, my my favorite birthday gift was when i try and it's total like uh, psychic. I have to know somehow what shirt you'll be wearing on your birthday, which is always a Target t-shirt. Right. And I try to get you the exact same Target plain t-shirt. Yeah, that And happened. then you open it yeah. while you're wearing it. Yes. <laughs> that, that actually did happen last year. I had the, like the green, yes. like that aqua green color. And then I opened up my gift and there was a gap. And, you were, and just like the, the disappointment on your face. Because you're like, oh, I, think I, you, I, I already have this shirt. I think you guys try to see like if you could get the word, like me to give a bad reaction. It's funny. And then the cats give you a gift oh, every yeah, year. That's right. Which are, it's like a gift for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did they get? Yeah, something they got really, like catnip toys last year. Oh, a cat leash. Oh, cat leash. Yeah. They, don't even, yeah, they won't even go on that. I no. thought that would be good for bigs, pink or pink, blue bigs, but yeah. he wouldn't even go on that. That was Abby's idea. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so. All right. <sighs> 
fun. <laughs> Birthday coming, fun times. coming up. Birthday oh. coming up. Can I, I should just do like a red rant on Vanderpump Rules or something to bring my spirits up. You don't even but watch the show. I know, but I just like to rant about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you did a rant in the car the other day because like Bethany Frankel oh, yeah, had yeah. Rachel slash Raquel on her podcast and, and Bethany doesn't even like watch the show right. and you like you run red and you're like, I do the same thing for ratings, but <laughs> <laughs> you're like, listen, I do the same but they, thing, but, but... They, they, that woman was clearly abusing this other woman. I mean it was a clear abuse. Like Bethany Frankel was clearly abusing this lady. I didn't even listen to the podcast. No, I don't didn't, didn't listen to one minute of it. But I know she was taking advantage like, of this, po- this person. Her. I know she's. I know people don't like that other person. I don't know anything about her, but yeah, I know. Yeah. But you went on a whole red rant. You're like, I do the same thing, but still. Yeah. <laughs> but I, no, but I. But, but, different like, I, I would try to help that. DMing her. I would. I would try to help that person with the seven last names. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I tell her like, yeah. listen, like, yeah, we try to help her at least. But yes, I we would, have yeah. to get another caller, girl. Yeah. <laughs> to figure that out I, uh we probably need to end this but yes. yeah all right because i don't really get it. i just don't this think. is this this last part of the podcast is like the dot 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 it's overtime it's yeah, just it's overtime. it just isn't ending yeah i, I just oh and i guess it's not ending. yeah no i was telling the discussion <laughs> the other day i just don't get this vanderpump they're like they're wait, right they were waitresses right and then they were all like they got famous for cheating on each other yeah but like I was just saying, like, it's, it's so... In two sentences, yeah. Yeah, like, one cheated on the other one with the other one, and that's the end of the thing. But like I was saying, like, you go to any Applebee's, you go to any Red Lobster across the country, you go yeah. to any Chili's. Yeah. This is happening. Oh, my God, yeah. Any restaurant in yeah. South Florida, this is happening. It was happening at Domino's. Yeah, Domino's were. was happening. When yeah. I went to Domino's, like, this is not, like, interesting. This is, I, like, Maybe that's why it is interesting. No, it's not. It's so mundane and no, boring. No, maybe that's why it is good. Because really? it's so boring? I've never watched it from beginning to end. Uh, but yeah. the people who have, and I've read, like, articles about this, they say it's art. <laughs> <laughs> they say it is art. No, no, they no, do. No. They say this is art. And if you watch it from day one to now, you also would be like, okay, I get it. I don't get it. Because it's so it's because you're saying that this is so commonplace and so mundane and so boring. It's just so that real. People like it's it's like so it? they're so completely themselves. I think forever. I don't even know because I, like, I can't I can't speak to it because I've I've only seen some of it. So is what you're saying is like if I'm if I work at let's say a Chili's in Billings, Montana, and this is happening there too, like with the cheating, whatever. Yeah, they're they're finding themselves in these these characters. Like the guy that looks like the village people. And yeah. That. Oh, yeah. I think people definitely find themselves in these characters. You know how you said that guy's like the village people? Do you know yeah. um, Tom Sandoval? Do you know that he is a singer? No. Which I think is I weird. Just, he looked like Isn't a guy from weird? the village people. I think that was like a psychic thing because you would saw him. He looks like the village. And he is a singer. And he gets like, oh. he does like really weird things on stage and stuff. Just so, randomly. Oh, I okay. tell you no. That. I just thought he was one. I thought he was. I thought he actually was in a cover band for the village people. And that's why he looked like that. Yeah, close. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Anywho, I find it mundane and boring. You know, I like things that are like unique, and that to me is just not unique. It's just it's happening everywhere. Yeah, you like a prime documentary on the drive-ins. Yeah, it's like something like that would be <laughs> much is, more up my alley. Which exists. It does, and you Check can it watch it too. Right. <laughs> okay, this podcast is for you and about you, and we're so glad you spent some time with us today. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. 
They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.